him stopped, get him stopped. God and Moses both in a sidecar could not drive a sprint car with a thousand horsepower. I swear to God, he's done a double somersault backwards. My car will go past wide open. Uh, my 50,000 came in a Twinkie box. You know, I get my jollies off over looking at a nice car wash. You know he's going to crash your shit, but he's still, he's still got great stories. Oh, they disappeared. Oh, I'm leading. <laughs> I'm leading. <laughs> you plated your old ball sack and you just freaking let it eat. It's all goddamn assholes and elbows. And if you ain't right... They'll send your ass to the rear. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Open Red, the official World of Outlaws NOS Energy Drink Podcast. I actually said that backwards. It's the official podcast of the World of Outlaws NOS Energy Drink Sprint Cars. It's the same thing, right? Yeah, works. Yeah. So, uh, as always... The official this... Word of Outlaws of podcast. What? <laughs> Just flipping around again. What did you say? It's the official World of Outlaws of podcast. So, uh, that, as always, uh, ladies and gentlemen, is Nick Graziano, the PR god of the uh, World of Outlaws of podcast. Uh, and with you as well is Rob Blount from Dirt Vision. I hope all of you have had a fantastic last week or so, and we promised you a really good guest for this week, and we did not disappoint, Nick. We got him. We Easy. got him. But first, we'll apologize for this episode being a touch later in the week than normal, but there is a reason for that, and it was because of our guest, and, and it wasn't necessarily his fault. Uh, our, our guest finished second in the Food City Dirt Race at Bristol Motor Speedway on Monday. His name is Ricky Stenhouse Jr. And obviously, if he was racing on Monday, we couldn't exactly record a podcast with him on Monday. I guess so. it would have been cool to try and, you know, like talk to him while he's racing, you know, do the interview that way. That would have been something. That would have been fun. Uh, Might have been a challenge, considering uh, near the end of Stage 2, they had enough challenges already uh, with visibility. But uh, and he probably needed to hear from his spotter. Yeah, um, maybe. But yeah, oh, what? There's no spotters in dirt racing. Come on. Oh, there, there was then. <laughs> <laughs> Although to be honest with you, I, I I was in the grandstands and I think I had uh, better visibility than the spotters did. So maybe we should have hopped on the radio. Probably could have helped. You were there as well. I was there. I was up in the press box. How was your visibility? It was crazy. It was so high up. Oh know. yeah! Like, and there were people that sit higher than me. I don't even know how they did that. I mean, it's it's yeah. it's, it's, it's really cool view in general. You see, can see everything, but like you're so high up, and like the way the press box is, I think it's maybe just because the glass it kind of like almost leans over mm-hmm. into the track. You kind of sit down, you're like, whoa! Kind of had to sit yeah. there and adjust to it for a second. But yeah, it was really cool. It's a little spooky being in that press box for sure. Um, I was not that high up uh, on Monday. I was. 25 rows up on the backstretch, myself and uh, the gentleman who produces this podcast, Mr. Nick White. Um, we, we both went up there on Monday just to, to race fan it up and take in some dirt car racing and had a heck of a time. It was a ton of fun. It was cool. Yeah, it was fun to watch. Uh, it was fun to watch Ricky almost win, too. I was like, come on! It sure was. Man, if he had like three, maybe four more laps, he was going to be shoving Logano out of the way. He was going to be there. Oh, yeah. They've been awesome. I mean, but I mean, I feel like just having that association, knowing he was going to be on Open Red, probably gave him that success. Because you know, I agree. I mean, we talked with Gravel; he won. We talked with Casey; then Brad won. We knew Ricky was going to be on here; he almost won. I see a trend here. I agree. I think we can take one hundred percent credit for that strong run Going on Monday. I, I don't yep. see any reason why we shouldn't. It was all us. Yeah, absolutely. Good job, Ricky. 
we're ha- happy we could help. <laughs> <laughs> but man, it was fun watching something different related to dirt racing. I hope uh, all the the dirt fans out there did actually enjoy it because it was fun and it put a it put a spotlight on our type of racing, a really big spotlight. Yeah, it was cool. Being in the press box, uh, I actually was working. wasn't just having fun. I talked with some of the fans after the race, and it was fun to talk with them and get their take and just how excited they were to see dirt racing. Some, a lot of these people have never seen dirt racing, had no idea what dirt, dirt racing was all about. Then leaving, they're all of a sudden a new dirt racing fan. I found this one uh, father and his two sons. Uh, his sons, both of their birthdays were like this week or something like that, and they wanted to go to the NASCAR race for the birthday. So he got him the race. After the race, we want to go to the World of Outlaw race now. We got awesome. got to go to the World of Outlaw race now. So he, they were on their phones buying tickets already. That is so cool. See, Nick and I, other Nick, uh, we both had a, a different uh, experience as far as be, being around the rest of the fans. We noticed a lot of true dirt racing fans taking in a cup race more so than cup fans taking in a cup race on dirt uh there was a lot of, we saw quite a few david gravel logan shuhart sheldon Hodden shield shirts um and then the fun the funniest thing was it started to get cold as the sun was setting and so we both put on our dirt vision crew jacket and suddenly we turned into like local celebrities we had like 10 people come up to us are you a dirt vision yes sir man i just love what you guys do for dirt racing you guys are fantastic we have our subscriptions. We watch every week. We appreciate what you guys do. Just keep up the awesome work. And, I mean, that was super, super cool. If, if you happen to be listening and you were one of those people, thank you so much. Uh, it's, it's so great to be able to get uh, feedback um, immediately like that from, from our fans and, and, and viewers. Well, we call it the greatest show on dirt for a reason. Absolutely. Um, and, you know... I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily go as far as calling Monday uh, the greatest show, but it was. It was a pretty good show. It was a good show. I mean, just just wait, just you wait. You know, you got the late models and the modifiers yep. coming up at Bristol, April eighth, ninth, tenth. Then, yep, April twenty second, twenty third, twenty fourth. The world of outlaw sprint cars are back at Bristol, and that will be the greatest. That will show be the greatest on show dirt. on dirt. I'm Let me tell you, Ricky's up. excited for it. He sure is. Uh, this was a, a really fun interview uh, to do. Um, but before we get into the interview, uh, you know, Ricky Stenhouse is, is known for racing on the edge. Uh, he's definitely got balls when he races, and so does his driver, Sheldon Hoddenshield. Uh, he's uh, definitely an, an elbows-up racer who, you know, who, he's got balls. Right, he's, Nick? He's got balls. Um, and hopefully, they're taking care of them with Manscaped. Uh, did you know, Nick, that as always... You can get 20% off your order uh, if you go to manscaped.com and use the promo code OPENRED20. Really? OPENRED20. Perfect. Yeah, I know. Uh, so, as always, we say this all the time, you can get the perfect package 3.0. It comes with the lawnmower 3.0. It's a waterproof cordless body trimmer. Um, and inside of the perfect package 3.0, you'll also find the Manscaped Crop Preserver an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. It also comes with the Crop Reviver, keeping everything smelling fresh, just like spring flowers, because spring is is actually here. Finally, we've got nice warm weather, but the pollen is everywhere now. Yeah, I think Manscaped can take care of that, though. I think they could. Um, If you want to make sure pollen doesn't get on your lawnmower 3.0, it comes with the Shed Travel Bag, 
uh, which uh, and it also comes with high performance reduced chafing manscaped boxer briefs. And you Ooh. can get all of that in the Perfect Package 3.0 if you use promo code OpenRed20 at Manscaped.com. Let's do it on my phone right now. While you do that. We're going to move on, and I'm going to uh, get the old interview started here. So here is Ricky Stenhouse Jr., the owner of the number 17 NOS Energy Drink Sprint Car for Sheldon Hodden Shield. On the clock now from Olive Branch, Mississippi, here's Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Stenhouse sends it in. Wow, how about the job, Ricky Stenhouse? What a great job. Second place right here. And we're here with Ricky Stenhouse Jr., owner of Stenhouse Marshall uh, Racing. Ricky, thank you for joining us today. Yeah, not a problem. Thanks for having me on. Uh, so, obviously, you had that great run at uh, Bristol Dirt on Monday, second place. Congratulations on that. Uh, kind of talk about what that whole experience was like. Yeah, it was a great run for us. Um, you know, we had, I would say, maybe not high expectations, but... Uh, we felt, you know, really comfortable going into, you know, the race that I was going to be comfortable if we could get our car close and, you know, knowing kind of what the track's going to do from, you know, growing up racing on dirt and, um, and then obviously still paying attention to it, you know, week in and week out when I'm, when I'm not racing, uh, sprint cars, but, um, you know, we felt like we were going to have a really good run or a good shot at having a good run and everything fell right. Um, you know, the track conditions came around, you know, to, you know, the setup that we had in our car from basically from practice, um, you know, we knew where the track was going to go. So we kind of, kind of didn't panic early in the race when we weren't very good and, uh, made small adjustments really the whole race and, uh, you know, came up one spot short, but, um, you know, all in all a, a great weekend. It was, it was different, a lot of fun probably the slowest I've ever been on dirt. <laughs> um, but, you know, at the same time, I felt like it made, you know, for some pretty decent racing because, you know, if you got into somebody, it wasn't like the end of their day. You, you could move each other out of the way. You could bump and bang a little bit without, you know, crashing somebody. So that was, I think that was the fun factor in it. Um, the holes in the racetrack, I thought, you know, was was definitely good character, and uh, it made for a good race as well. Yeah, from I, I was in the grandstands race fanning, and Nick was up in the press box working. And uh, from both of our perspectives, it, it looked like it looked like a lot of fun to watch. But also the way you guys were, even though you said going slow, it looked like you guys were still wheeling it pretty good. And I think if you had two, three more laps, it looked like you were going to be able to at least get to Joey's back bumper. Yeah, I felt like we would like. You know, we weren't very good early in the runs. And, you know, so as the run went, um, you know, we, we got better and better. But, you know, also um, because I wasn't that good early in the run, I didn't press the issue. Uh, and I felt like I saved my tires uh, a little bit better than the people I was racing. Um, some of the guys I was racing would, you know, kind of either push me or pass me and take off and then you know by the time 50 laps was up i was passing him back so that was kind of the game plan that last run is you know put ourselves in position to stay in the top 10 get a top five uh and then you know late race caution happens and, and you never know what 
you know, which way things will shake out. And we got into fourth and I was like, man, we need a caution bad. And, you know, we got one. It was just a little too late. I felt like, you know, if we could have had, you know, a three, four lap run, you know, to the checkered that I think we could have got to him, but, uh, all in all, a great effort, great result, and uh, always a good way to go into an off weekend. Did you feel like having that dirt experience, the sprint car experience, actually helped? I know before we got started, you talked about you had a lot of dirt guys kind of on your crew in general. Uh, did, was that? Did you feel like that was an advantage for you going into this? Yeah, it was nice. You know, we got a lot of and and really, I mean, kind of really all over the board as far as you know, the backgrounds of, uh, you know, our employees of, of where they started their, their racing career. But, you know, we, we had some, some dirt modified guys as well that, um, are on my team that actually, uh, went up there and helped, uh, you know, at the Bristol dirt nationals. Um, so they kind of knew what the track was like, had some ideas when we were building our race cars of, of what we felt like we needed to do. And, um, you know, and then just, knowing what the track was going to do, uh, I think was where the benefit kind of came in. You know, it wasn't like, uh, Hey, I think the track's going to do this. Like we had a pretty good idea of what it was going to do. And, uh, that was nice making adjustments to your race car after practice. Um, you know, knowing what, knowing what the track was going to do. And, you know, they reworked the track before our race and, and we were terrible the first, you know, 25, 30 laps of the race but I knew that the track was going to kind of come around to, you know, the setup that we had in our race car. And, um, so I think that's where the experience of growing up racing on the dirt, knowing what the the changes, you know, throughout the race were going to be like. So the thing that intrigued me on Monday is you obviously finished second. I think Reddick got a top 10 and maybe Newman Bell and Larson were, were both fast as expected, but had their own troubles. But outside of that, it seemed like most of the the true dirt guys and, and guys that had true dirt backgrounds and didn't just dabble in it seemed to struggle on Monday. Why do you think that was? Well, I mean, like I told people in interviews before, like everybody in our series is, is obviously really good uh, racers and, to me, it's always, um, you know, the, the cream's going to rise to the top, and that's not just with the drivers. Uh, that's with the cars, uh, the setups. The cars that have really good grip on, you know, say Atlanta or Martinsville, um, you know, short tracks uh, like Phoenix or Richmond, um, you know, those cars are going to have an advantage. And you look at the truck race, uh, Truex, no experience running dirt, but, you know, KBM over the last, I feel like three or four years when they go to Eldora has had the best trucks. They've, they've won that race and they had a lot of good notes and you look at the speed of, you know, the KBM trucks and they were really fast. So I, uh, I wasn't surprised that, you know, I feel like Penske's cars have, have really good grip and, um, and obviously, Joey uh, dabbled in a little dirt racing and um, and got comfortable and, and ran Bristol, you know, the week before. And so I wasn't really surprised because uh, I felt like still like after after 50 laps, I feel like everybody has an idea of what they need to do. And, you know, the best cars you know, still get to the front. 
there seemed to be a lot of um, excitement and maybe a growth and in interest in dirt racing after. Did you, have you seen that? Have you seen maybe some guys maybe say that they didn't like dirt, now they do like dirt kind of thing? I think, uh, you know, there was a lot of people that always asked, you know, for sure, Kyle, I, I do it a little bit, but, mm-hmm. you know, obviously Kyle ran, runs a lot of dirt races uh, on his schedule in between uh, the cup stuff. You know, mine's getting more and more every year, but, you know, you would always have drivers like, man, why do y'all go and race so much? Uh, and I think now once, you know, they ran the cup cars under, they ran modifieds and late models and, you know, micros out at Millbridge, uh, some midget stuff. I, everybody is like, dang, this is a lot of fun. <laughs> like they really enjoy it. And so I think they understand now, like why we keep going back and, and racing. And, um, you know, it's, it's so fun. It's enjoyable. It's, uh, it's some of the best racing. So it's cool to see, the whole industry kind of get behind dirt racing. Um, you know, I think dirt racing has been on a, a pretty upward uh, trajectory over the last three, four years. And, you know, I think it's going to continue to get better and better. And it, it's definitely cool to see. So in about three, three or four weeks from now, Nick, right? Yep. Uh, the world of outlaws, non-center drink sprint cars return to Bristol for the first time in 20 years. Your driver, Sheldon Hoddenshield, has been running really strong as of late. Is there anything that you can tell him based off of Monday to maybe give him a little bit of advice based off of what you felt or what the track did going into that event a few weeks from now? Uh, yeah, we've talked about it. Actually, we talked a bit, little bit about it uh, at our NOS Energy Drink uh, filming day that we had you know, this past week. So, um, you know, talking to him, talking to Ripper and you know, just some car changes and, you know, some thoughts that, that we've talked about before. And now after going to Bristol, uh, just making sure that they're all squared away on, on everything that they need. But, um, you know, I think it's going to be cool. I, I went to the world of outlaw race in Bristol, you know, like you said, 20 years ago and, and sat in the stands and watched and, you know, it was a cool event. Atmosphere was, was unbelievable. And, and I think the, the, the drivers are going to enjoy it. I know Sheldon's pumped up and ready to go. And I think there's some drivers that, that aren't looking forward to it, but uh, I know my driver is. <laughs> okay, so that was something that I did not know, that, that you were at those races 20 years ago. When you learned last year, when this was announced, we're putting dirt on Bristol Motor Speedway again, and then you learn that the sprint cars and, and the outlaws are going back. What was your reaction to that? Oh, it was awesome. Uh, you know, I tried to get my dad to race. Um, I guess it must have been 2001, the year that we went, because I was want- it was the second year that they did it, um, because I was wanting my dad to race, but he wasn't really racing, you know, full-time then. Um, but then, so he was like, all right, well, the, the next year we, we might do it, and uh, and then you know, they didn't do it after that. So, um, I was bummed, but we still went and watched and, and had a good time. And, uh, you know, now that the outlaws are going back, I, I'm pumped and, you know, ready to see, uh, you know, my team compete and, and be on, you know, one of the coolest racetracks in the country. Um, you know, it's, it's by far one of the best. I feel like that, you know, cup cars go to when it's concrete, 
and you know seeing it covered in dirt and like being there this weekend uh it, it was uh just another sight to see I, I think the videos the content the pictures everything that you're gonna get uh out of the the outlaw weekend is is gonna be uh pretty cool and special I know so you said you got to talk with Sheldon a little bit there. How um, often do you get to talk with him and Ripper? And obviously, I know you're pretty busy with things with NASCAR, but are, are you how hands on do you get to be with the team? Uh, pretty hands on. I talk to Ripper and, and Sheldon just about every week, especially you know after the races. Um, you know, Richard Marshall does a really good job putting some team meetings together. You know, every other week or so, um, and just kind of go over some of the, the race weekends, uh, the things that they need from either Richard or I, uh, but really just kind of keep the team, you know, in constant communication, uh, knowing that Richard and I watch, you know, every single weekend. So, uh, you know, we definitely have a lot of contact and, uh, and, and pretty involved and, uh, and, and have a lot of fun doing it. I, I really enjoy having the sprint car team, being able to watch them week in and week out and, um, you know, them, Help me uh, represent the Nolce Energy Drink brand, um, you know, out on the circuit is is really cool. So I enjoy it and, and try to stay really involved. How difficult is it to um, to just be balancing that aspect? You, you you sound very involved, like you said, but you're, you're you're definitely still busy on your own too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Obviously, my priority is uh, you know the forty seven Kroger team and. and you know, what I have to do at, at JTG Doherty racing. And, um, you know, that's, that's my main job. And, you know, that's, that's what I put all my focus on. Um, you know, we have our meetings, we have our shop days and, you know, I got all my workouts that I fit in there, but, uh, you know, it's kind of cool. We, we model some of the things that we do as far as, you know, team debriefs and, and things like that around like what we do on my cup side. And, um, and kind of make sure everybody's all in and um, you know this year really on both sides the the motto has kind of been the same the 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 objectives on my cup team on on our sprint car team is just being consistent you know last year we we had a a lot of good runs uh, with sheldon won good races and, and had a ton of speed but you know lacked just that little bit of consistency and, uh, and we found it at the end of the year, uh, from kind of like halfway on. And so it was looking for that consistency early in the year, uh, is what we were looking for, uh, on the 47 team and, and our sprint car team with the 17 boys. So we're both, uh, you know, kind of same agenda and, and everything's been going good. Awesome. And obviously Sheldon's been, has found a lot of speed already this year, winning a couple of races, uh, seemed pretty apparent once him and Ripper got, uh, paired up again that, uh, they found some more speed. What, what stemmed that, um, pairing up again and how have you seen the team change since they've been together again? Well, the biggest thing is, uh, you know, Sheldon kind of, kind of put it all together. I, I didn't really know Ripper, uh, other than just, you know, recommendations, from uh from sheldon so you know when when he was looking to change and felt like it was going to make the team better you know richard and i just kind of had to believe in, in what sheldon was feeling and, and what he thought and you know it was a big step for sheldon you know obviously being young uh, still kind of relatively new on tour and you know 
running for another team, but for him to, you know, step up and, and say, Hey, this is kind of the direction I think we should go. I think it'll make our team better. Uh, that took a lot of uh, courage to, to step up and do. And, uh, and obviously it's paid off and, you know, the, the chemistry that he and Ripper have, you know, going back and, you know, just kind of picking up where they left off. They, they believe a lot in each other and then bringing Nicholas over, you know, he's, there's nobody I've, I've been around that pays more attention to detail than Nicholas. So, um, you know, then, then obviously meshing that with Drew and, and the heart that he has for, um, you know, playing team sports and, and making sure everybody stays motivated. It's, it's just been a really good, a good balance for our team. And it's cool to see, uh, look forward to hopefully winning a lot more races. And, and like you said, they've, they've got speed here early in the season and we've kind of found that consistency groove that we're looking for. And hopefully we can continue that. Yeah. I personally am, am really glad to see that, uh, you know, as an outside observer that you guys have found that consistency because uh, our preseason picks, I said Sheldon was going to win the most races and win the championship this year. And then things got off to a really bad start, obviously. And I felt like I just laid the heaviest jinx of all time on you guys. Um, so I'm really glad that you and, and specifically Drew, because um, he's a lot bigger than I am, and, and Sheldon and Ripper aren't going to be coming up here to North Carolina to try to hunt me down <laughs> because things have turned around. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Not a problem. Yeah. Like, you know, being at Volusia, um, you know, I feel like you always at Volusia, like Florida can go really good or really bad. And like normally doesn't go really anywhere in between. <laughs> um, and like you can have a bad Florida and then leave there and, and be just fine. Or you can have a good Florida leave there and, and be terrible. And, you know, we felt like, yeah, we didn't get the finishes that we were looking for it. It, at Volusia, but we picked a lot of things out, you know, throughout the night and, and throughout those races, it was like, felt like we learned something for one, uh, for races going forward. And two, um, you know, we were like, man, there's some, there's some highlights here that, that we can't overlook that, that we're good. And, and let's not hang our hat on, you know, it being all negative for, you know, the first three races. And, Boys, we, we put our heads together. You know, Ripper had some ideas that, you know, he and, he and Sheldon talked about. And then we go back to Volusia and, you know, things are a, a lot better. So uh, the things that they worked on, you know, in that time off was was really good and, and obviously in the right direction. And uh, that that got them a little bit more confidence, you know, kind of going into the, the start of the season, you know, after the kind of the, the bad start at Volusia and, and going back to the to the racetrack so soon, uh, being able to, to improve really qualifying and everything because that's what we struggled with was qualifying at Volusia. Uh, you got you got to be able to qualify. For sure. And it's uh, like I said, it, it's good to see the, the turnaround there because when you guys are fast and when Sheldon's fast, he's probably the most exciting sprint car racer in, in the business. And going back to Bristol, that seems like it's going to be a Sheldon Hoddenshield kind of racetrack. And it's always been a good place for you, whether it's been concrete or, or dirt this past week as well. So if Sheldon gets to roll that 17 car on top of the media center in victory lane, how special would that be for you? Uh, I'd be pumped. I mean, I, I finished second there, you know, quite a few times and never got to go up the ramp. And, uh, you know, it'd be cool to see 
uh, my team getting victory lane. Like you said, I think Sheldon, you know, the racetrack's going to be right up his alley. Uh, he's not scared. He runs it hard and, uh, and really wants to win, you know, every race that he goes in, he, he drives really, really hard. And that's what I enjoy about him as, as being our driver and, uh, you know, representing an all energy drink brand is, is he just really holds nothing back. And, uh, and just goes for it. And so it, it's fun watching him, like you said, and, and we enjoy having him. Uh, so I hope, I hope they, uh, they give swords out for victory lane, uh, again for the wins, hopefully. And, uh, hopefully our are. team comes home with a couple of them. Yeah. That'd be really cool. Um, and obviously he's shown that he can keep the pace that Brad has and even beat him at times. Uh, what do you think it's going to take, for him and the team to really challenge for that championship this year and keep that consistency going? Yeah, it's going to be tough. I mean, I feel like, you know, this is one of the most grueling uh, racing series and, uh, you know, points championship battles, you know, that there is. And, you know, looking at notes over the years, I mean, you basically have to average, you know, a a fifth place finish for, you know, 90 races uh, if you want to win the championship. And so, you know, looking at that, knowing that, um, and then looking at the guys that you're competing against, uh, you know, obviously Brad is, has been on a roll. He, he's put his time in, he's learned a lot, has a good team assembled around him, and, you know, battling with him and Donnie and Logan and Gravel and Macedo, I, I feel like the competition is, is really, really stout this year. And, uh, it, over the last few seasons, I feel like it's just getting tougher and tougher, but, uh, we got the speed. We know that. Uh, we got the team and the equipment, and uh, and the right people with us. So, um, you know, it's just going to be managing your bad days. Uh, you know, when you're when you're on, uh, those days are normally pretty easy. It's just you know managing those bad days when you you know get a bad draw, go out late and qualifying. You know, try not to do too much and, and keep it all under control. And so. I think that's what that Brad does a good job at. I think he learned a lot from Donnie watching him over the years, and uh, I think Sheldon's uh, learning every weekend. And uh, speaking of success, I know you've had your own success in uh, sprint cars uh, recently too. Um, how fun has that been for you, and uh, just to do it with your dad as well? Racing with my dad is so fun. Um, you know, he's so laid back. Uh, we have a good time, and um, and it's just it's just fun being back at the track you know, telling him what the car is doing. He's watching what the car is doing. And, uh, you know, we're just racing with family and friends. And, you know, that's that's what I grew up doing. That's what got me to where I am now. And, you know, so to, to go back and, you know, run with, with people that I grew up racing with is a lot of fun as well. So it's been it's been really cool. Like you said, we've had some success. And, you know, I want, I want more of it. And, you know, I want to run – you know, some more 360 stuff just to kind of get, you know, back in the flow of things. Uh, you know, it's been a long time since, you know, I've, you know, raced a 410 or, uh, you know, gone to race with the outlaws. So I want to get, uh, you know, get back in that groove of racing sprint cars and, and then get back to where we can, uh, you know, go out and compete for, you know, War of Outlaw races. And, you know, I'd love to get a, a War of Outlaws win. Uh, we've had some good runs with them and, uh, we haven't ran a whole lot, but, you know, I'd like to add a, a word about low wind to, to my resume. That's for sure. 
Now, I know in 2006, I believe it was, that you were scheduled to run full-time with the Outlaws. I saw they've had like promotional stuff all set up for it, and I think that's when uh, the NASCAR career started to take off. Um, were the, was the running full-time with the Outlaws, was that always the original goal, or is that something you just kind of ended up heading in at that point? Well, it was, you know, it, uh, a lot of stuff kind of came together at, at one point there, and uh, it all happened really quick, and it's like, oh, wow, okay, I guess we're <laughs> going to go racing. And then it all kind of quickly went away, and, you know, it's it's part of it with, you know, sponsorships and things like that. Um, you know, it's it's tough to get things lined up, and, you know, obviously right now we're, we're very fortunate to have the partners that we have on the 17 team helping us, you know, go up and down the road, and, uh, then, you know, at that point when, when everything kind of went away, uh, my dad was like, man, I, I don't really know what we're going to do. We just kind of raced, uh, planned on racing, you know, what we could with my dad's sprint car. And then we went to Ohio that year and ran with the all-stars and, and had a really good run. And then 2007, February is when, you know, we went out to Arizona and, and ran the Silver Crown car and uh, non-wing sprint car out at Manzanita. We won both of those races, and then you know one thing led to another, and ended up you know driving for Tony and, and running the USAC schedule there in 2007, and then switched over to ARCA in 2008. So uh, the outlaw um, full-time schedule kind of went out the window pretty quick, uh, as quick as it came you know into into existence it kind of went away but yeah i just wanted to race for a living at that at that moment i I didn't really care what it was usac word of outlaws um you know word of outlaws was i guess the goal because i had grown up you know running wing cars and and that was kind of you know all i knew but you know we switched over to usac and, and had a lot of fun in 2007 as well I know you talked about wanting to kind of get back into racing with the Outlaws more. Do you think sometime maybe after the NASCAR career is done that that's the path you want to go down is kind of stick strictly with like uh, sprint cars, what of Outlaws sprint cars? I really haven't thought about much after uh, <laughs> you know, NASCAR yet, but um, you know, definitely while we're still running NASCAR, I'd, I'd love to you know, get some more War of Outlaw races um, you know, under our belt. Dad and I are, are slowly kind of building our team back up. We just didn't really have it was always tough to, to go race an outlaw race. And, you know, we, the, the one time that we, you know, got a, a car down for Larson, uh, man, that was a lot of work getting it out of the top of the trailer and, you know, needing two of everything, uh, things that you didn't think about. So I didn't want to put my guys through that when they're trying to run for a championship. And, uh, so we're trying to get my dad's kind of team and, uh, organized and, and ready to go. Awesome. And for your own team, um, I know we talked to Casey Kane the other week, and he was talking about how he likes having the two-car team, maybe expanding it even further. Are, are you happy with just the one-car team right now? Do you want to expand it to something bigger? I don't know. I haven't really thought about that. Um, like I said, I mean, we've got great partners uh, for our single-car team right now. And you know, obviously, if, if you run two cars, it just takes takes more support. And um, you know, right now, we're, we're just getting everything kind of rolling uh, really well. Um, obviously... Richard's, uh, you know, got his, his other team with Sunshine, right. and they're running the All-Stars. And, and so you never know if we can maybe merge the two. And, um, and But Richard, I guess you could say Richard does have a two-car team. So. <laughs> yeah. For sure. 
Cool. Well, hey, we really appreciate it. Uh, thanks for the conversation, and uh, good luck the rest of the season. Yeah, not a problem. Um, man, I'm looking forward to, to the Bristol Dirt Race. Uh, I'll definitely be paying attention. I'll actually be racing uh, my sprint car down in Talladega with Dad that weekend. So uh, we'll be watching. Uh, looking forward to it. Awesome. Right, cool. Thank you, Ricky, good luck. for joining us. That was a really fun interview, Nick. I, I feel like I... Uh learned learned a, a, a good amount there about Ricky. It's it's fun to hear how excited he is about his race team, how well they're running, but also going and and being able to race with his dad again on occasion. Just yeah, like that's really to. cool. That that like even brings me back to just uh racing myself and just kind of like the good old days of racing, just you and your mm-hmm. dad going out onto our track and racing like I know the few times that uh, I did a race without my dad, it just felt weird. Like it just mm-hmm. feels normal to be like with your parents or friends or your father just out racing like that. So I'm sure it's, it's I can understand how cool that is for him. Yeah, that's got to be really, really cool. Uh, it was also cool that we were able to get him on uh, right after having a really strong run at Bristol. Man, there's something about that place. He just runs really well there. Whether it's concrete, the dirt surface, Stenhouse is going to be up at the front. Yeah, he's definitely going to get a win there. Uh, maybe as an owner coming up with Sheldon, possibly. That'd I know he cool. said Sheldon's really excited, so that's cool. Uh, but yeah, I think we'll definitely see Ricky uh, in that victory lane there someday. Yeah, that's really cool. cool. I know you talked about like how passionate he is about his team. I m- remember, I think it was maybe a couple years ago, he was at Volusia watching Sheldon, and every time Sheldon can, he held his finger up in the air. Every time Sheldon went by, a little switch, a little, <laughs> little turn in the air. There you go. Like the old, so like, there the he old goes. stock car wave. Yep. That's <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool to see. Uh, Sheldon had a good run this past weekend. We only ran one race this weekend. Uh, we ended up losing our Friday night race at US 36 Raceway due to um, just they got a ton of rain on Thursday. It was there was no way they were going to be able yeah, to run it was unfortunate. There on Friday night, which really stunk because that's always a, a really fun track to go to. But so is Lake Ozark, and Lake Ozark did not disappoint. Um, Man, what a rough racetrack it was. They were really elbows up on Saturday night. Yeah, they they got a lot of rain too, so uh, it's kind of just the cause of that. But yeah, the yep. I mean, guys did a really good job, and obviously Brad just was spectacular. Yeah, so the top five in that one, Brad Sweet took down the win. Uh, he had a great battle midway through the race with uh, Sheldon Hoddenshield, who went on to finish second. James McFadden rounded out the podium with a third-place result. Logan Schuhart finished fourth, and Carson Macedo rounded out the top five. Um, you know, the last performance that I can remember that was as dominating as, as Brad's on Saturday night was Sheldon's in the Ironman in 2019. When he lapped all the way up to like seventh, it was spectacular. I'm so happy I was at that race. It was just so cool to see. Yeah, that was an incredible performance. But do you rank that higher than Brad's performance on Saturday at Lake Ozark? Oh yeah, really? For sure. Okay. Yeah, it was just what Sheldon did was just spectacular. So the reason why I ask that question is because I believe Brad lapped all the way up to eighth on an extremely rough racetrack, and he did it in, what was it, 30 laps? Yeah, 30 laps the race ended up being because they shortened it by 11 laps because of the track conditions. So I feel like if he could have had another 11 laps, he could have got maybe into the top five. Possibly. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was definitely on a roll. I mean, he had that track figured out. Like you said, uh, they figured out something that they didn't upset his car too much. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, there were, there were a lot of people complaining. I'm sure you saw it too, uh, but that's what social media is good for is giving everyone an echo chamber to complain. Um, but 
I mean, honestly. It's like Ricky said, well, once you feel laps into a race, you figure out how to drive the track. Yeah. These guys are professional. They know what they're doing, exactly. no matter what it's like. And it was a show. I mean, they're they're wheeling the absolute hell out of those race cars oh, yeah. on Saturday night, trying to, to find the line to go fast, but not go over that line and and end up, unfortunately, I believe Jacob flipped a second week in a row. He, he managed to go over that line and... I'm surprised he wasn't the only one, to be honest, with a, with as rough of a racetrack as it was. Um, but, yeah, you could, I guess, make the argument that maybe it could have ended up being un- unsafe, but it ended up being a mostly clean race, and uh, just about everyone figured out how to run it and had to put on a show doing it. They it's had not, to it's really not the first time they've money. raced on a track like that. Like Absolutely. They've experienced before. They know what they're doing. Absolutely. They know how to handle it. And they really and they showed, yeah, exactly. And they they really earned their money on on Saturday night. Brad Sweet earned that fifteen thousand dollars. It's really check. cool uh, to hear his interview in Victory Lane too. Like this is a guy yep. that's won the Kings Royal, the hundred seventy five thousand to win Kings Royal, Knoxville Nationals champion. Uh, goes and say this is one of his favorite wins because obviously it's uh, the Jason Johnson Classic and re- uh, remembrance of Jason Johnson. Um, and have Jax and Victory Lane with them. Mm-hmm. It's just a really cool moment there too. It's always a special race. The uh, the Jason Johnson Classics become one of the the races that I really look forward to every year on the schedule. It's just the the celebration of of his life and and, and everyone's positive attitude coming in to to remember him in a positive light because he was always so happy and positive all the time. And then to to be able to go and and race on a, a great racetrack at a great facility, have Jacks do uh, do a, a wing stand oh, every yeah. every time. It's just a ton of fun. Yeah, it was, definitely was. Uh, so looking at the points, Brad Sweet has padded his point lead uh, just a touch there. He now has 1,298 points on the season. Logan Schuhart sits in second place, 32 markers back. David Gravel has moved up to third, 52 markers back out of the lead, 20 points behind Logan Schuhart for second. Sheldon Hoddenshield is fourth, 60 points back, actually tied for fourth with Donnie Schatz. Carson Macedo sits in sixth, 90 points out, and he actually is tied as well for that position with Aaron Reitzel. In eighth is Corey Eliason, 106 markers back. Ninth is Brent Marks, 164 back. And Craig Kinzer, 180 back, rounds out the top 10 in points. It's really cool to see Craig having a lot of good runs early in the season, too. Craig made the dash on Saturday. That was awesome. Yeah, it's been really fun to see a lot of these guys just, a lot of, like, really almost everybody has stepped it up this year to uh, another level and just performing really well. I mean, I feel like you had to, right? Because when. The, as the offseason was rolling on and you're seeing all these names being announced that are coming full-time, James McFadden's going full-time. He's a previous winner before this year, and he's added to the rookie crop. Aaron Reitzel's a previous winner, a three-time All-Star Series champion. He's added to the rookie crop. Brock Zierfoss has a win with the Outlaws. He adds his name. Parker Price Miller, same deal. He adds his name in. He's got, he's got a win. And then you're just looking at it. That's in addition to everyone that we already had last year coming back. You had to step your game up because it's just such a deep field of full-time drivers this year. Yeah, like going in, it's just we didn't you, you didn't even know what to expect. You you, you thought you knew who was going to be fast, but obviously everybody's showing that there it's there's a lot of equal talent out there right now. And obviously we're seeing Brad kind of pull away, but I mean still got a really long season. The Absolutely. points are not determined by far at all yet. Absolutely, but it's it's making what he's doing seem even more impressive. Oh yeah, he's definitely showing that he's kind of reaching that 
uh, I guess you call it new age Donnie level mm-hmm. in a way. He's kind of taking that throne to the top of the mountain right now. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. Um, you released some news today, Nick. Big news. Might have been the biggest might press have been, release you've ever written, right? It, it's got to be. I don't. I might have to just stop writing now because I don't know how I'm going to top this one. I, I don't know either. Um, you want to let the people at home know? I don't know if I can. I'm almost too excited to say it. <laughs> Cole Trickle is returning to the World of Outlaws, a two-time World of Outlaws champion, is returning to the World of Outlaws at Bristol in his own car. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, I know we're we're recording this on April 1st, but it's on the homepage of worldofoutlaws.com. Like, it's real. I mean, someone said to me earlier, like, oh, it's a fake driver. Uh, fake driver, have you seen our stats? He's on the stats page. He's on the win list. And he's that's a real driver to me. Wait, is he actually on the wins page? Yeah, he is. Check the championship. He's a 1985 rookie of the year. He's won two championships. He's on the championship page. He's got 23 wins. He's tied with Logan Schuhart right now. <laughs> I didn't know he was on the wins page. <laughs> he's a big name in our sport. Man, you, I love the effort that was put into this. It's just so great. You know, he's teaming up with uh, Harry Hogg's nephew. Uh, Paul Hogg is his that. crew chief on the sprint That's car. That's a really cool reunion. Yeah, it do, was very cool to talk with both of them. Do you think Cole still has it in him? Uh, I think so. You know, he's, well, I think he's at 58 or so right now, but he's still in good shape. I think he can uh, handle a sprint car pretty well still. I mean, I know that like on his, on his, uh, his downtime, he's like, jumping out of planes and and helicopters and stuff he seems to be the action sports junkie like just likes to do a lot of stunts so yeah i guess i can see that he's in pretty good shape yeah yeah definitely cool i think he'll uh be pretty sporty at bristol cool so i mean i mean it's a great looking car too it really is uh he's brought the number 46 back uh that's that's really cool um so yeah april 22nd through 24th the bristol throwdown for the World of Outlaws NUS Energy Drink Sprint Cars, it just gets bigger. Cold Trickle is back, baby. Cold Trickle, man. I can't believe it. So cool. I'm Mind so blown. glad you got to write that. It was so much fun. So cool to talk to him, you know? Tell that story. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> this week, the World of Outlaws are back at one of my favorite racetracks on the schedule. Uh, the Federated Auto Parts Raceway at I-55 in Peavely, Missouri, Friday night and Saturday night. A doubleheader. I can't wait. Always puts on a show. The Ironman last year was such a great race, and I, I'm just two more nights at Peavely. Bring it it's, on. That's just such a fun track to go to, just in general. Any race, whether it's Ironman or not the Ironman, it's just it always puts on a really good show. You know Sheldon's going to be fast there, too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, next week. April 9th, uh, the series makes its return to one of my favorite places again, Kokomo Speedway uh, in Kokomo, Indiana. And then they follow that up the next night at Tri-State Speedway in Hopstadt, Indiana. So that'll be a fun weekend of racing as well. If you are able to make it to any of these races that are coming up, they happen to be close to you, uh, we'd recommend that you go check out the World of Outlaws Sprint Cars in person. You can get your tickets at worldofoutlaws.com. And if you can't make it, I can't believe I have to say this again, but make sure you have your your subscription to DirtVision.com. Get the Platinum Pass for the year or get your monthly Fast Pass. Either way, make sure that you can watch the racing live 
on DirtVision.com. And that annual Platinum Fast Pass comes with the Knoxville Nationals. It sure does. Which, I mean, you're, you're going to want to probably get that one so you can include that into your package. Uh, because you are not going to want to miss that. I mean, this year so far has been an absolutely phenomenal year of sprint car racing, and we're still early. By the time we get to August, the storylines are going to be ridiculous, and uh, it's just going to be a ton of fun to have the return of the Knoxville Nationals after running the one and only a year ago. Uh, We're back, baby. The Knoxville Nationals. If you can't make it, Get your platinum pass, fast pass on Dirt Vision, and then you you got the ticket to watch it. I wonder if we can get Cole Trickle to come to the Knoxville Nationals too. I mean, you have his number. You may have to. Just I'm at the call. Him. Him. I'm at the call. Him. See what his like, plans are. I feel like that'd be a good idea. Yep. Yeah, we'll get I him there. agree. Um, Nick, I think we're done here. You know, you can also be an outlaw. You are right. Want to know how? I do want to know how, actually, because I've always wanted to be an outlaw. You can go to beanoutlaw.com and sign up to be an outlaw. It comes with uh, exclusive content. Recently, uh, everybody loved uh, David Gravel's win at the Rev. That was a fun race. Yeah, really fun. So we talked with him. He did a commentary of that race. Oh, really? Uh, He talked about just, we just went through the whole. From start to finish, talked about what it was like, what was going on through his head, how, why he was making certain moves and certain decisions throughout the race. It was really cool. That sounds like a ton um, of fun. But you got to be an outlaw to see it. You can sign so, up and see it. I feel like something like that, there has to be a cost for it. What is it? It's free. Is it really? Yeah, there is no cost. Just free 99? Free. No 99. Free zero zero. Nothing. All right. How do you go and do that? Beatingoutlaw.com. Sign up. Or you can go to worldvaultlaws.com and believe there's a link on that page too. All right. So I would recommend doing that because that sounds, that video in itself sounds great. Um, a lot more exclusive content coming up, uh, exclusive swag, discounts, a lot of things like that. You you definitely want to be an outlaw. Okay. Let's end this show so that I can go and sign up for that. Let's do it. All right. Until next week, thank you for tuning in to Open Red, the official podcast of the world of outlaws. Bye-bye. Hashtag Open Red.